0: You can keep your Bibles open there at Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 to 8. Originally I had intended to preach these eight verses in one sermon, but uh, there's so much to consider from these verses that it will take us both this morning uh, and this evening. Uh, so we're thinking today, both morning and evening, about this theme, all things new, all things new. And as we arrive in Revelation 21 and 22, we arrive at the conclusion, the end of this book. And yet the funny thing about chapters 21 and 22 of Revelation is that they do not actually describe an ending at all. Instead they describe a new beginning. Some of you will have read C.S. Lewis's books, the the Chronicles of Narnia series. And those books of course are heavily shot through with Christian themes, quite deliberately so. uh, Biblical imagery, And in the final paragraph of the final Narnia book, The Last Battle, uh, this is what Lewis writes. For us, this is the end of all the stories, and we can most truly say that they all lived happily ever after. But for them, for for the characters in the book, it was only the beginning of the real story. All their life in this world and all their adventures in Narnia had only been the cover and the title page. Now at last they were beginning chapter one of the great story, which no one on earth has read, which goes on forever, in which every chapter is better than the one before. And Lewis there so powerfully captures the the message of the conclusion of Revelation, of what will be the experience of every Christian man, woman, and child that there will be a new beginning in our future, a a far better world than the one we have known so far is coming. The Bible tells us relatively little about the experience of believers who have already died. We, We know, of course, we know very clearly from Scripture that they go immediately to the presence of God, of Christ in glory. And we've thought a bit about that in recent chapters in Revelation. But the Bible, friends, has far more to say about what comes after that time, that what you might call that intermediate time in, in heaven's glory before the return of Christ to earth. The Bible tells us that after the end of this world, there is a new beginning. Look at the words of Revelation 21 verse 5. He who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. That is the future that is waiting for you if you know and love The Lord Jesus Christ. And so we have here at the end of Revelation a vision of heaven. But it's not the heaven that most people imagine. It's not even the heaven that many Christians, I think, imagine. As we'll see today, it is far better than what most of us have imagined. It's a place where, as Lewis says, every chapter of our existence will be better than the one before So, just two main points this morning, and then we'll have three more this evening. But first of all, let's consider this morning God's world made new. God's world made new. Look at chapter 21, verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And so we have the word new four times there in in these eight verses. And we're told, first of all, that there will be a new heaven and a new earth. It's important to appreciate that when we see the word heaven or heavens in the Bible, friends, uh, quite often it's, it's talking about simply the sky above us. There is that spiritual dimension, that spiritual realm where Christ is seated on his throne. But often we read in the Bible the word heavens, it just means the sky. And so when we read here of a new heaven and a new earth, it's talking about the world in which we live, the, The earth beneath our feet, the skies above us, the very planet we live on, uh, the earth's atmosphere, the solar system, the universe, all of it will be made new. Your ultimate destiny, if you're a Christian, is not some floaty, disembodied, ghostly existence. I don't believe that that's even the existence of our loved ones who have already died. But your destiny as a Christian is to live in this world, this world forever, but this world made new. Some countries have the word new in their names, Uh, like New Zealand, the defeated uh, Rugby World Cup finalist last night. Uh, Some of the American states have the word new in their names, New Hampshire or New Jersey And that's because people once upon a time left Hampshire or Jersey or wherever else they were from. And they went to what was called in those days the New World. And they wanted to carry some sense of their identity and their heritage with them to that New World. And so they called it New Hampshire or New Jersey or whatever it was. Well, one day, friends, we will live in a new earth. This world made new The Bible is very clear about this in both the the Old and the New Testaments. Uh, Listen, for example, to Isaiah 65, verse 17. Isaiah 65, verse 17. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come into mind, but be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. Or listen to what Paul says in Romans 8, verse 20. Uh, Paul says in Romans 8.20, For the creation, the the world in which we live, creation was subjected to futility. In other words, to to hardship, to, to struggle. Not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope, Paul says, that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. So Paul is saying there that even... Creation, and we see this in volcanoes and earthquakes and hurricanes and all those kinds of things. Creation itself has been harmed, impacted by sin in our world. And Paul says one day it too will be, in a sense, redeemed. It will be re- restored to what it should be and could be. This world, friends, is beautiful. Uh, I'm sure we've all enjoyed captivating sights. We don't even have to leave the shores of this little island. We all have our favourite places uh, on the island of Ireland to go to where we've seen a beautiful sunset or just the the sun glistening on on the waves at the the shoreline or we've enjoyed a beautiful forest or beautiful mountain range. But friends, this world is not as beautiful as it is one day going to be. The more mountains are going to get an upgrade, the Amazon rainforest is going to become even more vibrant and colourful. Rivers and waterfalls are going to be even more dazzling and beautiful. Verse 1 says that the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Back in chapter 20, verse 11, we were told that this happens at the same time as Christ appears for the final judgment. And uh, I was mentioning this in our home group this past week. But we need to appreciate with all these things we read at the end of Revelation, they are not drawn out processes The coming of Christ, when when he does appear, the final judgment, the the disappearance of, uh, or the the renovation, the the purification of the first heavens and the first earth, the appearance of the new heavens and the new earth. All of that, friends, is going to happen in an instant. It's not a drawn out process. It's also important that we understand that this particular word, new, that we keep reading here, uh, in the original language, it, it means new in In kind or in quality. Uh, Sorry, it means new in quality, not new in kind. So we're not going to live in a different heaven and a different earth. We're going to live in this heaven and this earth, new in quality. Entirely refreshed and renovated. In September 2015, uh, Apple released what was at the time their their latest iPhone, uh, the iPhone 6S. And their advertising slogan was, the only thing we've changed is everything. And so, of course, it was still an iPhone. It was recognizable as an iPhone with the the screen and the shape and the frame and the camera, generally speaking. But the advertising slogan was getting at the fact that it's brand new in quality. Everything's been upgraded. It's, It's going to be sleeker and better and faster. Well, in a sense, friends, that's what will happen at the end this world will be upgraded. It will be made new in quality. Or you think of uh, those of you who have gone through the process of renovating uh, a house or a building, as perhaps we uh, will get the opportunity to do eventually in our own property, uh, the church property. And it's the the same building, the same house that you're always in, but you have drastically upgraded it. It's new in quality. That's the, the message, friends, about what is going to happen to our world. Our world is not just going to be burnt up and destroyed, never to be seen again. If that was to happen, it would mean that Satan had won. Satan came into our world with the intention of destroying everything about it. And if God was to simply say, well, Satan has done too much damage, sin has done too much damage, i just going to get rid of that world, well, that would mean that, in a sense, Satan had been have been successful. God's not going to give Satan that kind of satisfaction. God's going to redeem and restore and renovate the world that we know. And so that language that you see elsewhere in scripture of of this world being destroyed by fire, that's the fire of purification. It's the fire that gets rid of all the dross and all the the dirt and all all the impurity that doesn't belong. And you're left with something precious and pure. And friends, what what will happen to our physical world is what has already begun to happen in us if we're Christians, and what will happen to us if we're Christians? Paul says in Second Corinthians five seventeen, "If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away." Behold, the new has come. If you've become a Christian, even if you became a Christian when you were very young, maybe some of you boys and girls, you, uh, you, you know and love the Lord Jesus Christ and you're still very, very young. Whatever age you were when you became a Christian, you're not the person that you used to be. Or you're not the person, to put it another way, you're not the person that you would otherwise have turned out to be if you became a Christian when you were very young. You're a new person. You're a new creation. If you're a Christian, no matter what age you are, you have a hunger for the word of God. You have an appetite for reading and hearing and studying the word of God. You wouldn't have that appetite if you weren't a new creation. If you're a Christian, you want to know what God would have you do with your life. You want to obey God's word. You want to worship God. You want to serve God. You wouldn't want to do any of those things. If you weren't already a new creation. And perhaps Christians, if, you, if you've been a Christian for a long time, we, we maybe take for granted that the miracle of our Christian faith. It's a, it's a miraculous work of God by his spirit that you're a Christian at all. It's, uh, something is, has changed in you. you are a, you're not what you otherwise would have been. You are a new creation. And what's happened for you spiritually is also going to happen for you physically. We're going to be raised to new physical life. Paul says in 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty one, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable. In other words, we'll be resurrected and we shall all be changed. So all of that to say, friends, there's, there's this connection between what happens to Christians and what will happen to the created world. We will still be us. You'll still, it'll still be your body, but it'll be a resurrected body. It will be a body that is new in quality. Quality that you have when Jesus Christ returns. And it will be the same for the world in which we live. Just think of that new bodies, new abilities, new continents to explore, new work to do. Yes, there'll be work to do. It'll be enjoyable, exciting, fulfilling work to do. But there will be work to do in the new heavens and the new earth. There will be cultivation to get on with. There will be things to explore. There will be things to enjoy. And of course, there will be new worship to offer. And so this should entirely change, perhaps it it needs to entirely change our understanding and our anticipation of heaven, of eternity. Let's just be honest, some of you know you should be excited for heaven and you're not. But the reason you're not that excited is because you think, well, what am I going to do there? Um, What's it really going to be like? It's hard for us to imagine because we've never been to it before. We read about heaven and we're left with a lot of questions. Even after what we've studied here in Revelation, we'll probably still be left with questions. But I think this goes a long way to helping us, friends, to know that that heaven is coming to earth. Notice in verse 2, John says that he saw the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. In other words, coming down to the earth. And so your eternal destiny as a Christian again is not some... Floaty, cloudy, harp experience. Your eternal destiny is life, new life on this new earth. Some of you this morning are officially in the old age pensioner bracket. A day is coming when you won't be an old age pensioner any longer. And you never will become an old age pensioner. Some of you have been living with pain, either physical or perhaps mental or emotional pain. You've been living with it so long that you can't remember what it is to live without it. A day is coming when you will live in this world pain-free and you won't be able to remember what it is to live with pain. Some of you wish you could run as fast as you used to or do as much as you used to or work as much as you used to. Someday you will run faster and work harder and do more than you were ever able to do on your best day on earth. All things, all things will be made new. Derek Thomas, in that little book I mentioned earlier, he says that God desires his most treasured creation that bears his image to enjoy the task of survey, discovery, design and artistry. All of that and more is waiting for you in the new heaven and the new earth the holiday you never got to take. The people you didn't get to spend enough time with. The things you couldn't do because your body some one day decided it wouldn't let you do them anymore. The things that you couldn't learn because you didn't have enough, enough time or your brain couldn't learn it. All of that is waiting for you in the new heavens and the new earth. God's world made new. But the other thing I want to draw to your attention this morning about this new heavens and the new earth is God's removal of danger and difficulty. God's removal of danger and difficulty. Notice in that last little comment in verse 1, having told us that the first heavens and the first earth passed away, notice John also says at the very end of verse 1, he says, The sea was no more. The sea was no more. What does he mean by that? Is there going to be absolutely no water in the new heavens and the new earth? Because that would be very, very different from the world that we live in now. Well, I doubt very much that there will be no water in the new heavens and the new earth. We're still reading symbolic language here, remember. And throughout the book of Revelation, the sea has usually been a symbol of threat and danger. And that being the case, there are probably a few things John means here by saying that the sea was no more. Several other preachers and commentators make these same observations. uh, But a few things that, that that are probably meant by this phrase, the sea was no more. First of all, no more separation. No more separation. Some of you today perhaps have loved ones living across the sea. And of course you can now talk to them these days, you can talk to them via phone or or video call, FaceTime or whatever, anytime you like almost. Uh, Perhaps occasionally you can get on a plane and you go and see them. But you probably still miss them terribly, it's just not the same. You you feel that sense of separation from them. Well that was even more the case in the ancient world. Uh, In John's day, if someone got on a ship and sailed away, there was a strong possibility that you were never going to see them again. Either because it was just simply too much of a journey for you to undertake or perhaps because they they could die at sea, as many people did in the ancient world. It was a very dangerous thing to travel across the sea uh, in those days. And so the sea separates people, husbands from wives, parents from children, friends from friends. In the new heaven and the new earth, friends, there will never be any such separations. You will never see someone you love for the last time. You'll never be counting the days, counting the sleeps, as some of our children sometimes do, until you finally see someone again. In fact, heaven will be the opposite of separation. It will be reunion. It will be the gathering together of God's people, never to be scattered away from each other again. So no more separation Also, this word, the the fact that there's no more sea, it means that there will be no more threat. No more threat. Uh, Ancient nations had to keep an eye on the horizon for foreign invaders coming. And if you you lived in a nation that shared a border with the ocean or the sea, then you had to keep people constantly keeping watch at the coastline. No, No radar, no early warning systems, no satellite. You just had to rely on the men in the lookout towers to... To watch and see if anybody was coming across the sea to invade your land. And so again in Revelation the sea is a picture of threat. Uh, Satan's beast arises out of the sea back in chapter 13 verse 1. But in the new heavens and the new earth there will be no threats. There's nothing going to arise someday out of nowhere to cause us pain or trouble or panic. There will be no more threats, no more conflict well as that, there will be no more chaos. No more chaos. To this day, the sea is very mysterious to us. Uh, People often used to say that human beings know more about outer space than we do about the oceans. Uh, I'm not sure if that's still accurate or not, but one website suggests that whilst the sea takes up about 70% of the earth's surface, perhaps as much as 95% of the seas remain unexplored. So the seas in many ways are just still a mystery to us. Uh, And they're chaotic and they're dangerous for human beings. Even again to this very day with all our modern technology and safety and all the rest. Divers and fishermen and sailors. They still lose their lives from time to time in the sea. But again none of that will be the case in the new creation. All things new means no more chaos No more nasty surprises, no more danger of any kind. In a sense, Jesus will say the same thing when he returns in judgment. As he said that night on the Lake of Galilee with his disciples, when the storm burst up around them, Jesus said, You remember, peace, be still. And there's a sense in which when Jesus comes again, He will He will say that to all the threats and all the, the swirling chaos of our world be still enough, no more. Permanent peace. So no more sea, friends. It's a symbolic way of saying that this new creation will hold no danger, no difficulty, no chaos, no death. Look at how verse 4 describes this new earth in a different way. Verse 4 He that is God Himself will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. That's one of the most precious verses in the Bible, isn't it? Perhaps again, some of you have thought about it, at at the passing of a loved one. One writer points out, here's one way that your resurrection body will be different from the body uh, as you have it at the moment. There will be no tear ducts in your resurrection body. No more mourning. No more headlines about hospitals exploding with men, women, and children inside them. No more tragic headlines about famous celebrities who were beloved by millions but who have died at a relatively young age. No more cancer diagnoses. No more horrible traffic accidents. No more old age. No more dementia. No more depression, no more sorrow of any kind. It's very gracious of God to describe heaven in these ways, friends, in terms of what what won't be there. Because these are the sorts of things that we know all too well. And it's hard for us to understand, uh, to imagine some of the things that will be in heaven because we've just never experienced them before. But it's maybe a bit easier for us to grasp the idea of somewhere free of all these things that make life in this world so hard at times. No grief, no danger, no difficulty. God says all of those things, I'm wiping them away. As easily as a parent wipes a tear away from their child's eye. One writer says that sin has discolored our world. It's like if you have a photo, uh, I can think of um, a cherished photo in, in the home that I grew up in, um, but it, it, it was hung in a, in a, in a it was a poor choice of place to hang this photo because the sun just hit it every single day for 20 or 30 years. And so you could still see the image, you could see what the colours were supposed to be, but the colour had been drained out of it. The sun had hit it day after day and discoloured it. And that's like our world, friends. That's the world we live in right now. As beautiful as those trees are at this time of years, as beautiful as this morning was with the sun shining, it's not at its full, it's not at full par. It's not operating at full capacity. And our lives, the best of our lives, they're not operating at full capacity either. The strength that we have leaves our bodies. The world has been mourning the passing of uh, Sir Bobby Charlton this past couple of weeks, one of the The greatest footballers to ever play the game and you see the the footage of him just smacking in those goals from 20 or 30 yards back when the balls weighed you know a ton And, and you think of the skill that he had and what a great player he was but he got old as we all do and he got he got weak as we all do and in his last few years he was he was struggling with illness sin has discolored our world we're not operating at full capacity creation is not operating at full capacity but God's word tells us here, the sea was no more. Death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. We haven't even got to the best part yet. Uh, we'll look more closely at verse 3 this evening where it says, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them. They will be his people. God himself will be with them as their God. That is what will make heaven, heaven. All the other things I've talked about today, that's just the backdrop. That's just setting the stage for what will be the main attraction of heaven. That we will be with Christ. As wonderful as all these other things are today, that God's world will be made new, friends. That God will remove every danger and every threat and every pain. I wonder, do you want this more than anything else? To be with Christ. Psalm is said in Psalm 73 verse 25. Whom have I in heaven but you? There is nothing on earth that I desire beside you. Dear friend, can you say the same thing today about the Lord Jesus Christ? There's nothing worse than treating someone to a great day out somewhere. Maybe a special trip, a, a really special experience. And, but you're left feeling like the person didn't really appreciate it think, well, I wish I hadn't bothered because they didn't seem to enjoy that very much at all. Maybe parents sometimes, we've had that experience uh, with our children. It turned out they didn't really enjoy whatever the event was particularly. Friends, the new creation is a place for those who want to enjoy life with Christ. Who want to be with Christ. That's why when we thought about the final judgment a couple of weeks ago, I said that there's a sense in which those who go to hell... Have chosen their destiny for themselves. If for all of your life you choose not to listen to what God has to say, not to praise God for who He is, not to gather with God's people to live life together, to obey Him together, to worship Him together, why would you suddenly want to spend all eternity doing those things? Heaven will be heaven, not just because of a beautiful new world, not just because of healthy new bodies. But first and foremost, because we will be with Jesus. Is that what you want? Is that what you want? Yes, it'd be great to face with no death, no sorrow, healthy bodies, but do you want to be with Jesus? Do you want to see the face of Jesus? The very face of the one who loved us and gave himself for us at Calvary's cross. The face of the one who created this whole world and who from all eternity had chosen to love us and give himself up for us. Boys and girls, this is one of the reasons why we, we don't need to draw pictures of Jesus. We we don't need pictures of Jesus in, in our Bible books or or in our in our children's Bibles. Yes, Jesus was once a, a baby, and yes, he grew to be a boy and then to be a uh, a normal looking man, the Bible tells us, he just looked like everyone else when he walked the earth. But that's not what he looks like anymore. He has this glorious new body that we were thinking about earlier on. He, he is far more glorious and awesome than we can possibly imagine or possibly draw on a, on a page. Do you want to see that? Do you want to be with your bridegroom, with your shepherd, with your king? Because that's what heaven... Is really all about. Perhaps today the thought of seeing Jesus face to face. Doesn't fill you with joy. It fills you with dread. You're, you're maybe worried or anxious as you think about it. Because you know you're not ready to see his face. If you're being honest the description in verse 8 of this chapter sounds a lot more like you. You're guilty of idolatry. You're guilty of lies. You're guilty of theft. You're guilty of shameful sins. If that's the case, dear friend, realize today that Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, came to take away those sins. He is gracious. By faith, trust in him. Turn away from those things and you can be counted among his people. And you will become a new creation. And you can look forward to life in the new heavens and the new earth. Life that will be infinitely better than your best day in this world without Christ So God's world made new and God's removal of every threat and danger and even of death itself. That's what's waiting for us in heaven, friends. But even more than that, what's waiting for us is the face of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Amen.